learn more. KRVN. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Coming off a weekend where we saw some great-looking cattle, so a lot of cattle talk this weekend um, in the Kearney, Nebraska area from the NCC, the Classic. Having said that, everybody was talking about what the cash market was going to do this week, what we were going to see on the futures when they opened on a Monday trade. And, yeah, we got some positives. We'll find out, though, how the cash is going to set up for this week. Uh, negative trade has been happening on the grain complex as well. We're going to dive into it today with Kyle Bonestead. Kyle, of course, with Alan Dale. And let's start out. We're going to talk something good. Let's talk about this cattle market. Nice to see, and, and hogs as well. Nice to see some some good, strong green on the screen. Well, that's right, Susan. Thanks for having me back. But yeah, cattle uh, did go off on their highs of the day here today. Made new highs in the post session here at that 153.05 mark. The high was 153 and a quarter, dollar forty higher for the session here. Looks really good. Uh, we did see a little bit of macro support here coming in here towards the end of the session as well too. But uh, that December live cattle from a chart standpoint. Uh, you know, it put it an outside day higher here on a Monday, and that does look friendly here to start off the week. So we do need to keep this momentum going. Uh, today also started the first day of the Goldman Sachs Commodity Fund Roll. And uh, if we look back here over the last couple uh, couple of weeks, since the last cattle on feed report, basically, we've seen the open interest increase in this live cattle complex. And this has been happening uh, quite frequently over the past year, year and a half, where we will see the open interest increase leading up to a fund roll. And then by the time the fund roll gets done and over with, the open interest has left the complex again. So I would not be surprised tomorrow if the open interest, this might have just been a short covering rally here. However, we did see a little bit of commercial support in that Feb, April, and the April, June to a lesser extent, and the June, August uh, did see some commercial support as well, too. So over on the feeder cattle side of things, though, a little bit of bear spreading there. January losing ground to the March, which uh, that spread last week closes $1.00. 55 carry from Jan to March, and it's still in bearish territory. However, the non-commercials are holding a sizable short, so that complex there is vulnerable to around just you know non-commercial short covering if they want to take some profit off the table, Susan. So, do you think this excitement that we saw for a Monday, which isn't something we're used to in the cattle market, can that momentum continue this week? I think there's a possibility that it could. Um, however, I do think the upside is going to be limited up here. Uh, for short term, we do tend to put in a seasonal top somewhere around the mid-November time frame, and that is somewhat tied to the box beef complex as uh, we've pretty much got our holiday procurement done uh, by the middle of the month, and we're going into a big holiday with turkeys. And uh, so you know, typically, you know, beef is on the back burner there during that uh, time frame. But, um, you know, I don't see us. I don't see us breaking too far in this cattle complex, but I don't see us rallying, rallying up from here either, unless the cash market really gets strong. Uh, now there's been some early sales out in the eastern corn belt that had some decent prices here this week in the upper 150s that I saw. But again, that's the far eastern corn belt, and uh, some of that stuff is going to go ship get shipped on further east, and those are some big cattle as well too. But I think here in the central U.S. and southern plains, I think cash should be uh, at nowhere. I, I think we'd be about steady with last week. Last week's cash was uh, steady to just a little bit lighter here with that uh, 35 to 65% dress coming in at 149.27 versus the previous week at 150. So about 75 cents lower for the week, we'll call it. But I think we could see steady cattle, steady cash here this week starting out. Which, which is good news, at least to get the steady feel going. And like you said, there is going to be the pressure going on with Thanksgiving. And I've heard some rumblings, too, because of um, avian influenza that there is some concerns that those ready available turkeys won't be as much as it was in, in the past. So folks might be looking somewhere else for some, some proteins for their holiday. 
Well, that that is a possibility, Susan. And then I also I also need to keep touching on the economy here. The Fed keeps raising rates, and that is it is starting to hit the taxpayer. It is starting to hit the American consumer. And with the dollar doing what it has been doing, now the dollar has broken here recently. That should be good for exports. But with that dollar rallying like it had been, our export business has been somewhat trimmed back here. So people are looking at alternate sources. I did uh, read an article here over the weekend. People were looking at alternatives for their Thanksgiving meal, whether it's uh, calling in, getting a pizza or if it's having it uh, brought into the house you know something along those lines is what some people what what some folks in america are looking at doing yeah that's an interesting concept as well because that's going to at least some exciting news for the restaurant sector as they hear the push that's going on there that is true that is true and you know you, you do have your christmas party season coming up here too right around the corner once we get through about this uh, this weekend here the middle of next week you know some of these uh, restaurants and stuff they'll have some big gatherings of course a lot of that meat has already been procured and that's already sitting there waiting to uh, get served so uh what we do have to look at too though is in uh, six to eight weeks we're going to be moving through christmas we're going to start getting into the first of the year and then we're going to start feeling uh, the credit card debt or what are consumers going to be spending here at christmas time are they going to be spending it on Christmas for the family, or are they going to be buying ribeyes and uh, ribeye loins for Christmas? That's the question. Are we going to eat good, or are we going to have a good Christmas? All right, let's look at the hog numbers, because they were just as aggressive today as what we saw in this cattle market. Well, that's correct, and uh, the December hog contract here with that index, uh, you know, sitting at 91.45, we've seen the index and the pork cutout uh, kind of just been going downhill here for the last few weeks, and the futures have as well, too. Now, Friday, uh, you know, we had hit that 38% retracement mark here on this 82.90 to $83 mark here today on this December lean hog contract, and that's when uh, they decided to come in here and start technically buying this or buying the market here, uh, and it looked to be technical buying in nature, so that pushed us up there to that 87.57 mark. I think that uh, December hogs could have a chance to get to that 92 to 93 mark yet before it looks back at the index and says, whoa, unless the index starts to come along with it. So that uh, hogs have been really oversold for a long time, and I think it was about their turn for, if nothing else, some short-term or short-covering in that complex. So are you nervous at all, or is this just a typical type of year that we start to see these processing speeds for hogs slow down? There's a little bit of nervousness there. I mean, it's still a demand factor. You know, people still have to eat. I get it. But, uh, you know, they don't have to eat high-dollar end cuts of uh, pork or beef. So uh, it is a little bit concerning. But uh, I do think as we move into uh, next year, we could start to see these numbers drop just a little bit uh, based on some of the spreads out there. I mean, they're keeping the premium out in the back. Those market is bear spread, and that's a typical hog market is still bear spread. But I think we're still going to follow some seasonals here. Uh, it's going to have its ups and downs like any market does, Susan. All right. Well, stick around, folks. When we come back, we're going to take a look at the happenings on the grain side of it we'll talk a little rail movement as well it's the fontanelle final bell on the rural radio network fontanelle hybrids delivers proven performance year after year in farmer managed trials over the last three seasons fontanelle's 15 top yielding corn products had over a nine bushel advantage over pioneers commercially available leading volume corn products that's a 74 percent win rate on farms just like yours Contact your local Fontenelle Hybrids dealer or go to Fontenelle.com to learn more. Read and follow pesticide label directions, grain marketing, and other stories. RBN. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Continuing our conversation this afternoon with Kyle Bumstead. Of course, Kyle was with Allendale. And we saw some lower numbers happening in the grain complex today. And obviously, there's a lot of outside market influences that are in there, as well as the fact that we've got a USDA WASDE report that's coming out on Wednesday. So we'll start to see some serious positioning going on there as well. What are your thoughts for a Monday trade to get this negative feel going in the markets? 
Well, it really doesn't. I mean, there really wasn't much action here today. We're just basically trading sideways here. December corn did tra- trade down to six seventy-five and a quarter mark. We ended the day just uh, fractions of a cent off that low, but we did hold last week's low of six seventy-four. So. Technically, we're still sideways where we should start to see some buyers step in here on the 670 mark. And then if we get back up north of 690, you're probably going to see some sellers start to uh, gravitate back into the complex there as well. And when we look at the options, December options here have a couple of weeks left on them. That $7 mark is holding a lot of premium up there at those levels. So we're sitting at an interesting spot here going into this you know, USDA report, and as well as I think the bigger one is going to be option expiration here at the end of the month or towards the end of the month there after Thanksgiving. We have a lot of open interest at the 650 strike as well, too, both puts and calls. So we're sitting here kind of uh, teetering back and forth here on this corn market with some pretty bullish fundamentals. Uh, I do know there's been a lot of corn shipped out of this area that's been piled on the ground. And, and driving around the countryside, there are no corn piles around this area unless you're at a feed yard trying to get your hands on something or get, getting your hands on corn. You're piling it, so you've got it. You've, you've got a stockpile. But most of the local co-ops and the major uh, the major ones out here, uh, major processors and end users and outlets like our one here locally they have corn on the ground they're picking it up immediately as soon as it's been as soon as it's been dumped on the ground so there is uh some there is some place for it to go and uh coincidentally watch some of those trains are uh moved uh, out of the area and they've uh, headed west so i think they're going to feed yard country or they're going to mexico so mexico is a big buyer of u.s corn and uh you know feed yard country in the southwest i think that's where a lot of our corn is going at this time and basis has been reflecting it too our basis just keeps improving if you call if you call a local merchandiser and say i have some corn to sell they won't hang up on you like they will in years past when we have big crops let's put it that way they will uh they're they're working with people here whether it's putting on basis contracts or if you just need to flat out move it for the end of the year so you can get some fertilizer bought or or some prepays and stuff like that they're actually working with people here so uh some of the things that have enticed producers to not uh you know, store corn. Some of the uh, some of the end users or the the, the co-ops and, and whatnot have raised their storage fees too. So they've gone about a little bit more incentive to not store corn this fall because they raised their storage rates as well, Susan. Well, you know, you talk about that that rail movement of, of corn to the south, and as somebody who has spent time talking to feedlot owners in in Mexico, they mm-hmm. absolutely love Kansas, Iowa. Nebraska corn for the quality of that it is and the grain that it is. But because of that, and I wanted to say, with this whole rail discussion continuing to go on, is there any concerns if this strike goes through that it's going to be a big hurting factor for our grain guys? There is there is concern of that, yes. Yes, I am concerned. But if we were seeing a major concern in the market, we would see basis uh, crumble and we would see our spreads go back to a large carry. Well, December to July, corn sitting at a penny and a half carry, which is still bullish, just not as bullish as it was a week ago at this time. So uh, we are we are still sitting here. You know, fundamentally, the market is extremely is extremely bullish here as far as corn goes between the basis and the spread. So if there was an issue that the end users were thinking they couldn't get that corn shipped, they would not be bidding up for it. All right. What do you see in when it comes to uh, the movement of the outside influences and the way this dollar's been trading as of late, having a factor on our trade? Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Well, I think uh, as far as the outside markets are concerned, <clears throat> Tuesday is going to be a big day because we do have the uh, election and whatnot. So I think that uh, a lot of the trade is uh, concerned about that. So no doubt all eyes are going to be on that here for the rest of the week. Also, we're still uh, dealing with Russia and Ukraine, and we're still dealing with some stuff in the EU. We still have the China-Taiwan issue uh, going on over there as well, too. So outside influences, we keep raising interest rates. I do think it's going to be somewhat uh, bearish on the on the uh, stock markets and the indexes and things like that. But when you look at the uh, technical picture here of the uh, indexes and uh, the stock market, we have seen some uh, friendly moves here on the monthly charts and some of the weekly charts as well, too. So technically, the market does look like it should move up from here, but it's just the you know investor sentiment moving here forward through this election and the next interest rate hike. So we're wrapping up harvest. We're wanting some rain. A lot of factors that we'll be looking at in the weeks to come. That's correct. That's correct. And our our moisture situation out here, I would say west of Interstate 35 in Iowa still is in uh, is in a pretty dire situation here, at least here in central Nebraska. Uh, there's been a lot of cow liquidation. You know, guys are weaning calves and uh, they're taking open cows right to the sale barn. If, uh, if they're open, they're hitting the truck. And it's and it's a good cow market to be selling into or a better cow market to be selling into than we've seen in a number of years at this time of year, Susan. Best way for folks to get a hold of you? You can call me here at the office at 308-708-7340 or just wave at me on your way through Erickson. All right. That is today's Fontenelle Final Bell. Reminder, commodity futures and options involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors. The Fontenelle Final Bell brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers on the rural radio.